Hello mummers, Laura here and today I am sharing my tips that helped our family transition to a third child and how I juggle my time between all of my kids. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you Wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you To guide you through, let's take some time for you It's pregnancy with physio and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today's episode is a bit of a different one for me, talking all things parenting. So I decided to make this episode a standalone one as I had so many questions coming through about how I personally managed adding a third child to our family mix, how I juggled my time between my children, etc., etc. So I felt it really deserved its own episode. Now, this is episode seven of seven in my pregnancy and birth podcast series. So if you haven't already listened to the first six episodes, go back and give them a listen at some stage as I explain my whole pregnancy journey, the nitty gritty details of my birth story and what my recovery looked like in the first six weeks after birth. Now, in today's episode, I share... What transition was the hardest for me when going from kid to kid? (laughs) How I juggle time for all of my children, how I play and care for the older kids whilst breastfeeding or looking after my baby, how I kid-proof my house, what activities I set up to entertain my older kids whilst I'm with my baby, the hardest part of my recovery with older children, mum and life hacks to help me stay sane and keep the household running smoothly, and the importance of my gratitude practice. Now, if you want to listen to this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, they are all live right now inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. When you join The Posse, you'll also get access to weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of the questions from our amazing Posse members. Plus, there is a wonderful community forum and extensive resources library. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode seven of this seven-part pregnancy and birth series chatting all about transitioning your family to an extra child. Enjoy. Hello, ladies. Now, today's episode is dedicated entirely to transitioning to a family of three, which I also think will be relevant to anyone transitioning to an extra child. Um, Now, the reason why I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this topic is because I was flooded with questions about how did I transition to three children? How did my older kids find the transition? How did I look after myself having to juggle myself between all of them? How was my physical recovery impacted by already having older kids? How did I make time to spend with each kid? Like there was just so many questions. And so I felt like it would be a real service to you all to dedicate a whole episode to this topic. So if it's your first child, Maybe you don't want to listen to this. Maybe it's not relevant to you at all because you're not trying to juggle or transition siblings or anything like that. However, if you're going from one to two or two to three or God forbid, three to four, four to five, maybe you'll find something in this episode that's useful or that you can relate to or something like that. So I've just picked sort of the main topics that I was asked and I'm just going to go through them just personally, what's worked for me. I am obviously no expert. I'm just an expert in my own family and my own kids, but uh, you might find yeah something that's helpful or something that's relevant, or it might just make you feel less alone. <laughs> so the first one I'll chat about is transitioning to three children. So a lot of people ask me, 
what has been the hardest jump from which kid to which kid sort of thing. So for me, I would have definitely said early days that the two to three jump was the hardest for me. I felt like I didn't have enough hands. All of a sudden we were outnumbered in the adult to child ratio um, going from two to three. Uh, my kids are also very close in age. So I've had three in three and a half years. So they're still very dependent on us. So we have two in nappies. You know, they, most of them, there's always someone up at nighttime. It's not like they all sleep through the night. Um, so, you know, they're very young. So I think that also influences the age gaps and the transitions to different children. However, obviously the transition wasn't too intense because I feel like there may be a fourth baby still for us and I'm definitely not hanging up my boots on having another kid. So if the transition was that traumatic, I wouldn't be thinking (laughs) that we would consider another. So obviously it wasn't that bad. I kind of feel like once you've already had a couple of kids, you're in this stage of life, you're you're in the throes of nappies and snacks and, you know, toddler tantrums and, you know, having to really be with your children. They're not very independent. I feel like once you're in that stage of life, you add a few more kids in, there's really no extra chaos. Life's already pretty full and chaotic and amazing and you're already changing nappies. The house is already a mess. You're juggling all the balls You know, that's why I wanted to have kids close together personally for me, because I wanted to be in the thick of that one stage of life at that one time and then move through all the different phases with all of my kids rather than having, you know, one kid at teenage stage plus having a newborn because there's such different needs and whatnot. And that's just personally what works for me. I'm sure there are so many pros to having bigger age gaps. But um, for me, I wanted to make all the chaos all at once, you know, be in the thick of that one phase. However, my husband would say that the zero to one jump was the hardest for him because it was a complete change of lifestyle. So you're going from being independent, self-sufficient, you know, you do what you want with your time when you want and then all of a sudden you've got a baby and life changes and, you know, your schedule is around the baby and what they're doing and, you know, making sure their needs are met. And so he found that one to be the most hectic change and again like I said he then found every time you added a child well you're already in the thick of it so it wasn't really too much of a change so that was his opinion now another common topic or question I got was how do I juggle time with all my three kids and I imagine that that's obviously a point of worry for a lot of parents when they're pregnant like how will I find time to spend with my eldest kids So I read once from a child psychologist that 10 minutes of undivided attention to a child is ample amount to stay connected and bonded to each other. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, that's so easy. 10 minutes, that's nothing. But it's actually, it is actually quite hard to find 10 minutes of undivided attention. So no distractions, like looking each other in the eye, really like no phones, no ducking in and out to do other chores or tasks or just 10 minutes of undivided attention. Like I certainly don't do it every day. Like I aim to do it every day, but it's not as easy as it sounds. So my goal every day is to do that, to do 10 minutes of undivided attention for each child. So naturally I have a lot of time bonding with my baby because we feed, we baby wear, we sleep together. Like there's a lot of time there. So I feel like I, I fulfill her you know, attachment needs quite well. 
And with my eldest, he's three and a half. And so what I've done is I put him to sleep at nighttime. So that means that we always, no matter how much time we spend together during the day, we always get to finish the day together. We read books, we tell stories, we have lots of cuddles. So I get to tick that box um, and fill that attachment and bonding every day with him as well, which is awesome. And with my middle child, she's probably a little bit more... (laughs) Uh, it's probably harder to fit that in with her. But fortunately, I feel like she's really bonded with her dad. So they have this really beautiful attachment together now since the baby has come along. Um, So with her, I probably just try to grab moments throughout the day where I can. So I try to really look her in the eye, play with her, you know, play with what she wants to play with rather than what I want to do. So really give her my attention like that. She really likes rough play. So I try to do this as much as I can and roll around with her and all those sorts of things. So that's how I've been trying to juggle time with all three of my kids. Now, naturally as well, my oldest two have started to play more together since the baby came along. So that's also been really helpful and really beautiful. And another thing we've been trying is my husband and I are trying to do a little more divide and conquer style. So he will take one child out for a coffee date or go to the park together while I spend time with the other two. And it's not something we've ever done before, but it's actually working really, really well. Um, And in the early days when I was less mobile and I was having a lot more rest and just bonding and forming that relationship with the baby, um, I was calling on my parents and my extended community to help entertain my older two so that they still were entertained and had lots of play and lots of attention during their day, even if it wasn't coming from me. So that's what we've been doing. It's working really, really well. Um, Another theme that was coming through, lots of questions around caring for the older children with a newborn. And so I think people were asking for like practical tips. So that's what I thought I'd get into. So for me, um, I put baby Luca in the bouncer or the bassinet when I go and help with the other kids so that she's it's so dangerous to have her on the floor with my toddlers running around because whilst I don't believe they would do anything on purpose there's so many accidents that could happen she's just (laughs) it's not going to be safe so always put her somewhere safer if I need to go and help them do something I also make sure that my house is completely kid proof so When I am busy with her, whether I'm feeding or changing a nappy, I don't have to worry about anything too disastrous going on in another part of the house. So um, it doesn't always work out. So I was just thinking about the other day, I was breastfeeding and my eldest had opened my bedroom door. So those doors, my middle child can't reach, which is fantastic because she's the explorer of our family. So I always have my bedroom door closed because then she can gain access to my bedroom, my ensuite, and there's just too much that can happen in there. <laughs> However, my eldest opened the door. So she just took that as free range. I was feeding and she managed to empty like half the toilet bowl water and half of the soap dispenser. It was a disaster. So it's not always foolproof, but for the most part, I have the doors that I don't want, you know, those rooms messed up I have those doors closed you know I have activities set up in areas of the house where I really want my kids to be so I can see them or so that I know they can't hurt themselves if I'm not there with them Um, so just yeah kid proofing my house for each child's unique (laughs) destructive ways has been very helpful Um, I always am trying to set up new toys or activities for the kids so that keeps them interested um, while I'm busy with my baby. So we've been rotating toys every week. That's been really helpful. So they're really engaged with their playtime. I do lots of reading books whilst I'm breastfeeding. So I'll have 
baby on the boob and I'll have one kid on the left, one kid on the right all over me (laughs) while I'm reading books. But that's a really great way of us all being together whilst I'm feeding. Um, And to be honest, sometimes I'm just really honest and I'll just say, look, mommy can't do that with you right now because I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. You know, I'm changing a nappy or I'm feeding or... Um, or sometimes I'll just say, mommy can't do this right now because I just need a couple of minutes to have my cup of tea or because I just need to take some deep breaths. But I would really love to do that with you later. And for the most part, for my eldest, he's a bit older, he understands that. My middle child, not at all, but <laughs> my eldest gets that. So sometimes I just communicate that with them. I always try and get them out in the morning for fresh air and exercise. I find that they're in such great moods when we do that. I'm in a good mood as well. So um, I know that baby will sleep in the morning so I do a carrier sleep I'll wear her and we'll go get fresh air get some exercise and then I find that we're not all like scratching at the walls going crazy so everyone's in a really good mood we're really regulated and that really helps everyone's dynamic Um, and I also try to include my oldest kids in baby care so they have lots of cuddles with their baby sister I, you know, for example, she does a little vomit. I'll say, oh, can you go and get mummy the towel so we can wipe it up? And then they'll wipe up, you know, her spills and whatnot. And they love being a part of that. Um, If I'm burping her, they might give her a little pat on the back. So I really try to include them in the dynamic and they love her so much. (laughs) So that's, that's really cool as well. Um, Another question I got was, what's the hardest part of my recovery when I've got older children? So for me, the hardest part was not being able to be physical with them. So not being able to carry them or run around with them. So like it broke my heart. My son kept asking me why I couldn't play chasey with him. And I had to explain to him, mommy can't run yet. And so that was the hardest part for me. It was the physical capabilities uh, because they're so young. I need to be quite strong and physical with them because they do need to, you know, be carried and lifted and and whatnot um so that was really challenging um also probably just not having as much downtime so you know when you've got one baby you can rest or sleep or catch up on things when they sleep but when you've got multiple kids often you don't have them all down at the same time my eldest doesn't nap anymore so it's a good opportunity to spend quality time with them though but it certainly means you don't get as much downtime and then the last one I had was how do we balance life as with a family of three? So having three children. So I thought I'd just share some of my like little mum hacks or um, yeah, like things that I've worked out work really well for me so I don't go insane. And so I feel like I'm on top of everything and I'm mentally well and the household is running smoothly. And obviously this is not foolproof there's days where nothing goes to plan, but this is what I try and do to try and just keep everything a bit easier. So I never cook dinner at dinner time. Hot tip, don't ever do it. Everyone is always tired by then and losing their minds. Don't cook dinner at dinner time. (laughs) So I cook dinner at lunchtime when hopefully at least one or maybe two of them are napping or I cook bulk food on the days that my oldest two are in care so they are in care twice a week and they're the days where I try and do things like cooking that I know I can't do so easily when I've got all three at home I've now also made sure that I get most of my food delivered so I don't need to go to the shops because that's a nightmare with three kids I actually wouldn't ever attempt that Um, we have regular locked in play dates throughout the week so that's really good because then we know what our week looks like We've got fam, um, family and friends and community around us 
so our kids are entertained but also so that mums get to have a social life and chat and catch up so that's really important to me is to have regular play dates locked in um I also try and use my kids as my own form of exercise so that you're kind of playing with the kids but also getting some exercise killing two birds with one stone sort of thing so whether that's that we'll go for a walk and they'll ride their bikes or their scooters or I'll run around well not running because I'm still early days but play with them you know like do horsey rides and things that are public floor friendly but also gets to play with them and I get to move my body and get some endorphins pumping as well um communication like I mentioned before is key so whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed or like I'm starting to you know I'm not coping with the mental load that I've got going on or I'm finding something difficult I express it straight away so I'd communicate it to my husband I'll then go and have some time out or I'll go fill my cup up somehow and then I come back reset and so communication for me is being key Um, So yeah, I take time out before I bubble up and have a full on meltdown. I make sure that I acknowledge, oh, I'm not coping right now. So I'm going to step away and go, you know, do something all on my own or go do something different or change up my environment so that I don't get to the bubbling over meltdown ragey point. Um, I make sure that I try and either spend time with my hubby, like lately we've been watching surf documentaries, which is awesome after the kids go to bed or I'll read a book or I'll listen to a podcast just so I'm filling my brain with like non-mum related things. So I find that really helpful just to have something outside of those day-to-day, you know, activities that's different for me. So like I said, documentaries or a podcast or yeah, something a little bit different. I like doing that. And this one. So postpartum or motherhood rage is like a real thing. And maybe uh, you haven't experienced it, but I certainly have. I I don't really feel like I felt rage before I became a mum, but holy moly, like your nervous system is so overloaded at times. And rage is this new emotion that I've had to really work out. Ooh, like how do I deal with that? So (laughs) look, this may or may not help you, but I have found roaring like a dinosaur has really helped me. So when I'm feeling like I'm about to bubble over and I want to scream or yell or like, oh, I just need to get something out of my system rather than losing my temper and screaming or yelling because I don't want to do that. What I do is I roar because what I found happens is it lets me get those emotions out of my system but it's it's not scary and it makes everyone laugh so my kids think it's hilarious and I'll roar at them and I'll pretend I'm a dinosaur and it lets me like let off some steam but without being scary or you know and it lightens the mood then because they're laughing and then I start laughing and then we pretend I'm a dinosaur and whatnot so hot tip if you get anything out of this podcast who would have thought physio Laura is talking about roaring like a dinosaur (laughs) Um, and look, just to round that up, um, so woo-woo, but this is this is me to a core. I find that what helps me is just practicing gratitude and reminding myself like how damn lucky I am that I get to raise three beautiful humans in this world. And I remind myself that that's not a privilege that everyone gets to do. And I get to do that. Like I don't look at that as a burden when I practice gratitude I don't look at that as something that's overwhelming when I practice gratitude so when I'm feeling touched out another thing that I remind myself is 
that some people are devoid of human touch. So some people will go days without touching people and having their oxytocin filled out. Whereas, you know, I am touched out. I've got so much of it, but how beautiful is that? So yes, it's good to acknowledge, oh, I'm touched out. I need to go and have five minutes to myself, but it's also good to practice gratitude for me and just remind myself I am so lucky. So they're my main tips for balancing that. I would always love to hear from you guys though. There's so much wisdom we can all share with each other about how you've transitioned to a family of more than one child. Um, And yeah, I hope that you got something useful. Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and maybe had a laugh or two with me over some of my parenting strategies. Or maybe you got some helpful tips if you're looking at adding another baby to your family mix. I really love talking about parenting and discussing this with my girlfriends and I love hearing how other families navigate life and challenges and I'm always learning from the other mums around me. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. And if you did enjoy this episode or you resonated with anything that I shared, I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and share with me your top tips for transitioning your family to another baby. Now, we have some really cool podcasts lined up. So if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss any episodes being released. And if you love today's episode and you want to listen to this entire series all at once, then it is now live inside my Pregnancy Posse program. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, yoga and meditation, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series that we have coming up. But until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.